0: We'd all like to open our arms wider to include others, understand each other, and avoid the divisions we see in the world around us. So how do we look at others who are different from us with, as Elder Suarez puts it, the Savior's eyes? Hi, and welcome to Magnify. We are a podcast that helps keep General Conference top of mind without adding to your to-do list. I'm your host, Katherine Davis, a mom, a seminary teacher, and a big football fan who loves God. And I am so excited to learn and be inspired with you. We know life is busy, and we are here to lighten the load by bringing you weekly spiritual reminders that will leave you feeling a little bit better than before. My special guest today is Shima Boffman. She grew up in Iran, immigrated to the U.S. when she was little, and is now an author and law professor. This makes her an ideal person to share how we can bring more unity to our relationships. She brings her spiritual reminders to our conversation today. Shima, let's just get right into it, shall we? Yes, let's do it. We're talking about Elder Suarez's most recent address, Brothers and Sisters in Christ, And you have a story that prompted one of your spiritual reminders. Can you tell me that story? Yes. And it's a very unflattering story, but let's leave that with that, right? (laughs) It's always good to start with that.
1: So, okay, it was 2018 and it was right after Halloween, which in mom terms, or for me, is basically like Christmas Eve. And I'm just like frantic because there's so much to do. This particular Christmas, I was pregnant and I had all these medical complications with my hip and I couldn't really walk or stand. and so. No, you know, and I'm teaching, I'm sitting on a stool, completely uh, a horrible time in my life. <laughs> and um, I remember during this, ho- you know, holiday mayhem, my friend Kristen reaches out to me and says, Hey, would you be willing to uh, mentor a refugee mother who is just escaping an abusive relationship? And I remember thinking, Oh, I just, my heart wants to say yes. But my mind is saying, I mean, you're barely taking care of yourself right now. How on earth, Would you take on someone else? Before I tell you how that ends, I want to just kind of put in context how I understood Christmas and where it all came from in my life. So, you know, I grew up in Iran, and until I was seven, I didn't really know anything about Christmas. I never heard of it. In those days, there was no TV. Where I, you know, you'd see everything. Um, We had one hour of of cartoons in Iran, and it was like some squirrel cartoon. But you know, that's all. So I didn't know anything about America. Anyway. We end up in America. And I remember um, we had our first experience of Christmas at a church. So someone invited us to their ward Christmas party. And we went and my little refugee mind is blown because I'm like, this is amazing. I've never seen all the lights and celebrations. It was so amazing. And we end up through some miracles and other incredible things, joining the church and becoming Christian. Our second year in America, you know christmas is rolling around again we're still new to this country and this tradition and we we have no idea how to celebrate it so we're in our house some lady from the church comes along to visit my mom and she's at work and so she notices we don't have anything up for christmas and just kind of leaves and then you know a few weeks later right around christmas time this we get a knock at the door we're watching our little black and white mini tv <laughs> at the time and we open the door and there's a group of People, you know, men and women caroling and they're singing us this beautiful song. And before you know it, they open, you know, their cars and bring in baskets of presents for all of the kids in my family. For my parents, they bring Christmas meal, a tree, decorations. I mean, fully explain to us how Christmas is. And so this was my introduction to Christmas, right? And, you know, for Christmases after that, this was in 1987, this happened. And for, you know, the next 31 years uh, before 2018, I really tried to do something for somebody at Christmas time and try to recreate this magic. I never was able to kind of quite get to that level of extreme, beautiful Christmas that we were provided, but I tried to do this. And so anyway, um, you know, fast forward, my friend asked me, you know, can you mentor this refugee mother? And, you know, I say no. And I say, I can write a check. 'Cause she was part of it was a financial donation and the other was a mentoring. And I was like, but I can't mentor, I can't take someone on right now. And it, you know, honestly, just like I say no, I walk away, but but then it kind of like gnaws at me, you know, how things like <laughs> you say yeah. no where it's the right thing. And fast forward, I, I have my baby in January. In February, it's still gnawing at me. And I'm like, I should just reach out. So I reach out to my friend, I say, Hey, you know, what's going on with the refugee situation? And by this beautiful turn of events, right, every other refugee mother has been Taken by another family, and except for this this mother that I had been asked to to mentor, and so I say, "Yes, let me mentor her. you know, I clearly'm supposed to, and I say yes, so I went to her house and I walked into her apartment, and she had just qualified for this apartment. She has nothing in it, it's an empty apartment. We're sitting on the floor, and she proceeds to tell me how she's grown up in a refugee camp, she's from Rwanda and has lost her entire family. All her siblings, her, both of her parents in the war, the genocide in, in Rwanda. And I remember just sitting there and I just had this realization. And I, the spirit like said this to my mind. It wasn't me because I wouldn't have thought this, but said to me, Shima, she is your sister. And then I felt this profound love for her, like this, like she's my sister and I need to take care of her. And what flashed in my mind, which, you know, should have earlier, but was this realization that, you know, I also had an empty apartment when we first immigrated to the United States. We slept on the floor until we found mattresses that were kind of discarded on the curb. And, you know, I also was alone for a time as a single mother and had that experience. And so I I felt like God has brought us together as sisters. Like I could relate to her. I could love her in a way that was deep. And it was it was so instantaneous. I've never experienced anything like this in my life. And It reminds me of this quote, uh, Gregory Boyle. He wrote the book, Tattoos on the Heart, which is like an excellent book anyway. But he said, it is God's dream come true when we realize there's no daylight between us. And he says, serving others is good, but it's just the start. And he says, it's the hallway that leads to the grand ballroom, which is kinship. And that's kind of brotherly and sisterly love. And he said, not serving another, but being one with another. And Jesus is not a man for others. He was one with them. And I just think about Spratha and what happened. So, you know, she becomes our family. And, you know, every family event, she's there. You know, a few years later, COVID hits. And I remember during COVID, because of this whisper of the spirit that she was my sister, I remember realizing I felt this darkness during COVID. I felt sad and lonely and things were hard. And I was just like, I didn't feel well. And in my mind, the spirit, Whispered to me, Sparatha is probably also having a really hard time, right? That she's also maybe feeling this darkness. And so I remember being prompted to uh, refer her to the missionaries. I didn't want to, you know, jeopardize our friendship by trying to teach her the gospel and make it feel like conditional or something. So I just um, called the missionaries. I said, Hey, you know, there's a, a woman I know. She's lovely. She might be receptive. And anyway, you know, fast forward a six months, she ends up deciding to become a disciple of Christ. She joins the church. Um, She's an incredible member of the church. She's the first one to show up to clean her church every time. I remember one time she's like, I showed up to clean the church, but no one else was there.
0: And I'm like, you are just (laughs) just a marvel. And so anyway. Well, I think this experience that you had is maybe why Elder Suarez's talk stuck with you and spoke to your heart. Because your first reminder is love them because he loved them. Mm Mm-hmm and it sounds like that's what you experienced in that moment with her
1: yes is what you felt
0: of his love yes and i just want to ask you you actually mentioned that quote kinship is where there's no daylight between us what causes daylight between us what separates us from other people
1: i mean i think that's 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 nature and it's like if we can get to this divine love then we can se- separate the daylight but but that's the the challenge and uh, something awesome. I just, just stuck with me. I can't get out of my mind from the talk that, um, Elder Suarez gave was he references a Martin Luther King talk where Martin Luther King kind of breaks down the kinds of love. And there's like eros, which is like romantic love. We all know about that. And then there's philia, which is kind of your friend, your friendship, you know, you love your friend cause they love you back. But then there's this like third love. This is like our goal in life. This, you know, our striving to get to, which is the, the removing the daylight, becoming one. And it's and it, they call it in Greek agape. And it's this where we love people, not because we like them, not because their attitudes or ways appeal to us. That's Martin Luther King's words, but because God loves you. So when we realize how much God loves us, we can then impart that love to others. And I can really speak, you know, with, from that experience with Spratha, and I wish it, this was an experience I could have with everyone, right? The mailman, the Amazon delivery person, the everyone, you know, you encounter on the road that honks at you. (laughs) But that is the goal, right? Is, is if I could get that divine love, love them like God does, that's the key. And I mean, I think, you know, one of them is just to realize how much God loves them. Right. And I've heard of really neat stories because I work in, you know, criminal justice and things of people, you know, trying to forgive others who have harmed them massively. And the way they're able to do it is, is realizing how much God loves them. Because it's hard to, as a human that's been harmed to love them.
0: Yeah, because we don't all get that experience with a refugee sitting on the floor and and feeling that agape, feeling that overwhelming love that God has for them. Right. So how have you taken that and tried to translate that into your everyday with the sales clerk or with your children or with a neighbor that you're a little annoyed with or- How how can we begin to translate that?
1: Oh, that's so good. I mean, for me, and I can just always speak for myself, it's it's constantly reminding myself of my covenants to be like Jesus Christ. I've taken on his name. So when I put on my garments, it's like, okay, Jesus is with me. And I, you know, it, constantly reminding myself of scriptures. And, you know, I think all of the it's like the textbook answers. <laughs> I tried to read my scriptures, go to the yeah. temple all the time, you know, pray. I mean. That is the only way we can do it is because it's through him. He's the one that was the one that showed us, that exemplified the agape, the, the love, the perfect love, the charity, you know, perfect love of Christ. And I don't naturally have it and I I need to seek it. And that's why it's, it's a striving, right? And then it's praying to Heavenly Father when you fall short, which for me is often, right? Every night it's like, oh man, I didn't love... X, Y, and Z people in the way I should have, how do I do better tomorrow? I mean, what do you do, Catherine? This is a great question.
0: I've thought about this so much because I pray every morning that I will be able to see my students through his eyes. Um. And for me, it's like that prayer, but I think it begins with us. Mm. I think it's trying to see ourselves through God's eyes. And I think that's why President Nelson, his very first challenge when he was prophet, was to pray to ask Heavenly Father how he feels about you. Mm. Because until we I think sometimes when we can feel that how he feels about us, yes. then we can project that outward. But it's hard. It is hard. Shima, it's it's hard. <laughs> I know. Right? It's
1: the daily
0: striving. This is a great example.
1: I'm driving to the temple and I'm like Cutting people off, you know, like driving. And I'm like, what am I like? Come on now, Shiva. Like, you can drive in a civil way.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm going to the temple and yet I'm (laughs) in a hurry to get there. (laughs) This is a daily, daily struggle. It is. I think those experiences lead us so well into your second point, which is your second point is to picture everyone in white. Yes. Can you explain to me? what you mean by that and how you achieve that? Yes. Yes. So let me start
1: with a, an experience I had a few weeks ago. So I typically go to the temple with my husband. That's kind of our routine. Um, but I was planning on meeting this friend of mine and we're supposed to meet and do ceilings. And anyway, I wait for her. She doesn't show up. And I'm kind of like, well, she must be ready. But anyway, I go into the last ceiling session at the Jordan River Temple. And I'm about to do ceilings. And then I kind of keep going. She doesn't show up. So I'm like, I don't know. What's... So anyway, I'm alone. And there's this group of people I've never met. And we're all just there. Towards the end of the session, it's like, you know, 840 or something at this point. And there's a man that walks in. He's from the Ivory Coast. And he's young. And he's alone. And, you know, we want to, of course, work him in. So he's able to do these ordinances with the rest of us. And the sealer asks if I'm willing to act as proxy for the mother with some sealing of uh, some daughters. And, you know, I had this profound experience as I'm sitting there and I'm seated, seated across the altar from the gentleman whose native language is French and he's black and my native language is Farsi and I'm brown. And there's this woman who's white as our daughter and we're all together sitting there dressed in white, right? This black brother, a brown sister, a white sister, all of us physically across this altar, you know, united physically with Christ in the ordinance that we're committing and we're being held together by the atonement of Jesus Christ and bringing forth the work of the restoration together. And it was so such a profound feeling for me realizing this. And the sealer, of course, then asks the man from the Ivory Coast, you know, how do you pronounce these French names? And he's helping him. And the spirit at this point is so strong in this room. And it, it confirms to me that, you know, we're all united in Christ and the, and that is the key is you know we're in the temple together and because we're wearing white that symbolizes the purity of the atonement right and through the atonement we have this ability to create this unity right outside of the temple there are lots of places in the world including the united states where black white and and brown are not getting along right we know we don't have to go into that but 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 in the temple we're all wearing white and through the purity that we gain through jesus christ We have this atonement that can wash away all of the troubles, the pains, the traumas of our past, right? The atonement creates this peace and erases generations of, of this pain from all the groups of people. And it just like uh, occurred to me that the key is the atonement and that is something we're only able to experience in the temple. And so the white wearing white, picturing someone wearing white is understanding that it's through Christ. And that we're all one, right? We're all one through Christ. We're only pure through Christ. And through his atonement, we really truly can erase any divisions and negative feelings, trauma, pain of race and other types of trauma from our past and be united. And it was just such a neat experience to have. It just really occurred to me and how interesting, because I've known that I was going to talk about this talk and then this happens and I'm like, yes, this is this is definitely you know something that it helps us get this brotherly, sisterly love.
0: Well, such a powerful visual for me as you explain that. Because sometimes I think when people talk about being unified, yep. we automatically go to, that means we're all similar. Right. Or we all have to fit this certain mold. And I think a lot of us struggle with that, like fitting in a certain mold. Yes. And that kind of leads into your third point, divine identities create unity. So can we talk about that for a minute? Yes. What inspired that thought?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think when I was thinking about how to get this brotherly love, I think if we remember to focus on our divine identities before our earthly identities, we'll be more unified with people around us. So it's like. Uh, I'm a professor. I'm a mom. I'm a. I'm not. You know. I'm single. I'm a Democrat. I'm a. I'm woke. You know. I'm not woke. Whatever. Yeah. You, know, you name it. There's a million. <laughs> Choose your one. And it's. You know. If we focus on the three that are prophet, That was a really profound talk. I know you gave it to the youth, but it's like it's. It's been. You know, so profound for me that focusing on. You know, our being a child of God, a child of the covenant, and disciple of Christ first before anything else. Before I'm a lawyer, before I'm you know I have five kids, any of those things that will really make me more like I'm a child of Christ, right? As it says in 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 Fourth Nephi that once Christ came, there were no Nephites and Lamanites. There's no ites, right? It's no like you know all those titles. There's no more titles because it doesn't matter, right? And wouldn't that be amazing if there weren't? If there weren't like oh, there's liberals and conservatives and working moms and non-working moms, right? All of the divisions that we have. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing if we just saw each other as first children of God, which we all are, right? You know, children of the covenant and and disciples of Christ. That's so motivating to me. And I think, you know, as we talked about earlier, Satan really wants us to focus on anything that divides us or makes us feel better. So something else that Elder Suarez says, which I love is like, you know, in the temple, we lose our egos and there's no vice president in the temple, right? And that's neat. That's why, you know, we all wear white. We're the same. And And the same with divine identities, when we're all children of God, we're all the same, and we all you know are equal in footing to God, which is the most important status that we can have as as children of God. you know you think about how Christ lived, right, how he spent his time, he united those who weren't part of the crowd that weren't in in the in the status and titles of the world we're we're on the lower rung of society right the the publicans, the women that had five husbands that couldn't go get water in the middle of the day, um, the people that had to watch him from trees, Zacharias, right? That couldn't even join the crowd, that nobody even wanted to talk to them. And, you know, something else that came to me as I was thinking about this is you think about Jesus Christ himself, our savior, who we adore, right? And you think about him today and in his in His status in, in, in those times and today, he was poor, he was homeless, Right. He came from a part of country, the country that they said no good could come out of in the scriptures. His cousin's in prison, John the Baptist, right? And he himself is in trouble with the church and the government. I mean, would we have befriended him, let alone recognize him as our savior and followed him? That's a great question to ask I yourself.
0: Mean, yes. To ask myself, I'm like, gosh. <laughs> and am I doing that right. on the day-to-day? Right. Who am I reaching out to and including in my circle? Right. And even what what label am I picking up? President Nelson talks about all those labels, right? That we're picking up other labels. And Satan wants us to pick up some of those other labels. He wants a, to divide us and make us different. Why do you think he wants to do that, Shima? Like, Oh, I love it. You're what gonna... happens when he does that?
1: What happens is, is then we're no longer united, right? It's like... Oh, that person's a drug addict. We don't need to help them, or they might, you know, they're not safe to have around, so we can't. Right? I mean, there's reasons why we don't befriend the lowest among us and and include us in our include them in our lives in a way. And 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 to be fair, you know, Jesus wasn't, you know, trying to spend time with people. He was trying to minister, right? He was doing God's work to help these people. He wasn't like, okay, I'm going to go hang out at the, you know, in the with the yeah. bottom lines of society to just be there. I think he was really trying to to lift and to to serve. And But, I, you know, I, it's so hard.
0: I don't know. What do you do? It's hard. But I think I have to put myself in situations where I can interact with people who are different. I have to learn the stories. I have to put myself in a place where I can learn and grow and, and know them, right? Not just stay in my own little row at church and not interact with anybody who's different than I am, then I'm stunting my growth. Because the whole reason why we're a church is a community to learn. It's a messy place to learn and to grow. Yeah. So Shima, when have you felt unity with those that are different or believe or act differently than you do?
1: I think, you know, something I've tried to do, you know, we're in a divisive time. (laughs) I'm not the first to say this, right? We all know this. And something that, that uh, really helped me to kind of feel more unified with people. And I, you know, some of my friends are like surprised about this, but I I truly kind of, you know, have gotten to a place where say like politically or socially, or, you know, all these divisions we we have and think I've gotten to a place where I can understand both sides. And I like, things don't anger me in a way that they used to politically or, you know, things happen. And what I, I did um, kind of practically, and I know sometimes we like tr- practical things, is try to really like understand the stories of both sides from their perspective, right? And it's like the same with people. Every story that gets you upset, you're you're missing half of it because most people are trying to do their best. And I think it helps me to kind of understand there's two sides
0: to each story. And Shima, as you've tried to reach out and and find unity and picture people in white and bridge that gap what have you learned about jesus christ
1: oh i mean what i've learned is you know the more you follow him right the more he becomes your central influence and that's hard to do with all the influences in our lives but that he's your best friend that he is your exemplar and the more you are able to have this this kinship, this brotherly and sisterly love for people because you can love them like he does, right? If you, the more you let him in your heart, as John says, if you, the more you let him abide in you, the more you're able to externalize this love. And it's through Jesus Christ that we can become friends with someone who's homeless, that we can change ourselves and 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 have this light radiating from us. It's because of Jesus Christ and it's only through Jesus Christ. And I think the more I can channel him in, in my daily actions and where I can remember him, the more I can do that. We can show our love in praise and prayer and in scripture study and going to temple. But one of the great ways that Jesus wants us to show our love is through other people. And so if we really love Jesus, right, we'll invite, you know, awkward Shima to my house. Uh, I, I just think of all the people that served us over the time when I didn't speak English, my mom didn't speak English. Like I distinctly remember women from church inviting us over to teach my mom how to make ZD so that I still know how to make because of women from church. And I just think even like one-off invitations, because I think sometimes it's overwhelming to think, how do I adopt someone into my family? Like you don't always need to do that, right? I think Sparatha I needed to because Spirit told me to, but, but sometimes it's just like sending a text to the neighbor, inviting them to your Christmas party at, at your ward or your house, or inviting them over, you know, somebody that might not feel unified in some way, whatever, for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, who knows. And I think even just those one-off shows of love is us being Christ's hands and showing that love and unity. And you bring that light and you get more light. It's like it multiplies. And so it's it's good for you. It's good for them. And it shows God that you love him and that you love his son.
0: Such a great way to lead into maybe your small and simple challenge. You were just talking about little things that we could do to bring light and to love into our lives and into others. So what would your small and simple challenge be this week? Something that we can incorporate?
1: Yes, I think we could all, and I, this is myself included, maybe ask Heavenly Father next time we pray, you know, how can we be enlightened through the Holy Ghost on how I can improve in this front in 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 ways where we treat people differently than we are actually somebody asked me because there was a time in my life where I was struggling after my divorce and church felt awkward because I didn't fit in and I remember feeling a little bit like an outsider and before my divorce I was really satisfied president so I you know like I've experienced both and one of the ways that we can do this is try to not treat people that maybe are less active or not coming as less than, right? If you can treat them as equals, and I'll just give you an example like, how do you do this, right? Instead of, you know, calling them and say, hey, like, let me bring your kids to the party or something like that, just ask them, like, what would you think would be a good activity for your kids? Like, would there be something that would be fun for you to come in? Or instead of, you know, reaching out for the word Christmas party, just maybe invite them to bring something. You know, I just think if we treat people as equals and not like, oh, these people are struggling and we need to help them. Right. I think the more we treat them as one as sisters, I think the more they'll feel that sisterly love. Right. And so anyway, if there's any ways and hopefully something we said will spark a, a light in somebody that they will know what they need to do to serve. I think the spirit can speak to people. If I'm saying the wrong words, the right words will appear in their minds. And so we know that that works. That's the power of the spirit. So hopefully we have it with us and, and others can be inspired by praying of how I can make my life in a way where I'm I'm united. I don't treat others as less than or more than, right? That we're all united in our savior.
0: Well, I want to hear what people feel inspired to do. And maybe that will spark something in me.
1: Yes. And and we totally can continue this conversation on the magnify Instagram. And hopefully I would love to read what people are doing themselves. I'm sure we'll learn so much from people.
0: The little day by day things.